Who listens to the voices of the poor? Who shares strength with the powerless? Who surprises with forgiveness and makes all things new? Our hope is fragile as an infant. We call out in our longing. Where is your power, O God? Where is the love that transforms our world? We remind ourselves of Mary's ancient song. Sing out, my soul. Sing of the holiness of God, who has delighted in a woman, lifted up the poor, satisfied the hungry, given voice to the silent, grounded the oppressor. Bless the full, be the full bellied with emptiness, and with the gift of tears, those who have never wept. Who has desired the darkness of the womb and inhabited our flesh? Sing of the longing of God. Sing out, my soul. Let us light this fourth candle of Advent, a candle of love. In its light, let us think about our world, about wherever our God is longing to be born, in peace, in joy, in freedom, and in wholeness. Let this candle of Advent love shine in our hearts all week and remind us to be midwives to Christ's birth. In our work for justice, our practice of peace, our offering of forgiveness. Well, we are getting very close to Christmas. We are in uh, the season of Advent, that season of waiting for the arrival of Christ, both in that nativity story and his birth, uh, but also in the reign of God coming in the future. And so we've been on watch trying to figure out how to look for God at work in the world and in our own lives. And so today we have a new, new topic. Uh, I ask uh, forgiveness a little bit in jest about the fact that this week we're looking for joy and last week our candle was joy. The lectionary text reading last week, though, was about uh, the call for repentance and, and changing all of the things that you're doing. And this week we've got something in the womb jumping for joy. So we're doing a little bit of joy this week, uh, which hopefully will be uh, well received as we get close to Christmas. Um, but I'm wondering if you can picture someone uh, who has a gift for draining all of the life out of the room, who just kind of kills all of the joy and just sucks it all dry. Uh, there's a famous TV show character from Saturday Night Live called Debbie Downer. Rachel Dratch performed the character, and what they would do is they would place Debbie Downer in all of these joyous situations. So it would be like Disney World, a wedding reception, and everybody would be super happy and this character would come and just completely kill the mood. And so one of these particular times, uh, and I, I just kind of help, I can't help but want to share her intro song, if you wouldn't mind. You're enjoying your day, everything's going your way, when along comes Debbie Downer. Always there to tell you about a new disease, a car accident, or killer bees. You beg her to spare you. Debbie, please. But you can't stop Debbie Downer. Well, they did a Christmas episode, and Santa Claus is in her living room, and she's supposed to be a little kid and kind of uh, in this story scene. And Santa Claus sees her, 
And she lets Santa Claus know, uh, hey, we left some milk and cookies out for you. And he's like, oh, yay, milk and cookies. And then she turns and says, I wouldn't drink unrefrigerated dairy unless you put on your Christmas list that you wanted indigestion. And Santa Claus looks at the milk and like, oh, I don't know. And so Santa Claus is trying to cheer her up over the course of the conversation. And in the story, uh, he asks her, well, what would make you happy this Christmas? How about this pretty pony? And he pulls out this pink pretty pony. And she looks at the pony and she says, well, it's not so pretty that Taiwanese youth are forced to assemble them in dire conditions. <laughs> Sounds like, I don't know what to do. Um, but, but this character is meant to be a caricature of something that maybe you have experienced. Someone who you had good news to share, you had joyous things to celebrate, and they always find some sort of way to undercut it, some sort of way to dampen it, to, to just kind of reduce the joy of the situation. And so today we're, we're going to look at someone who does the opposite of that, who's a remedy to that. But there would have been plenty of reason to not have been super joyous and celebratory in the story. Here comes Mary, who uh, is unmarried and pregnant with child in a culture that would not be happy about that. And she comes over to visit, and that could have gone any direction. You don't know how someone might react to that story. And this is one of the first people to react to Mary's situation. And so, just for some context, just earlier in Luke, an angel had come to Mary and had announced two things. One, you're going to be with child. That's a little bit of a startling experience. What do you mean I'm going to be with child? The second one is that child will become the king. That is just as startling. If you're just kind of a nobody peasant, you're going to have a kid, and that kid is going to be the ruler of all. And so she doesn't know what to do with this proclamation. She gives some response to the angel, but she's also a little unsettled, I'm sure. And so she goes running um, to family. And the angel had announced that her, her family, uh, Elizabeth, was also with child, even though she was of an age where she would likely not have a, have a kid. So we don't know exactly why Mary's running to Elizabeth. Maybe she's running because uh, she wants proof of what the angel has just kind of said. Maybe she's wanting reassurance or validation. But the text says that in those days, Mary set out and went with haste. Judean, to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. So imagine going to family with that news. You're pregnant, but you know that they don't know you're married yet. So there had to be a little bit of fear, a little bit of anxiety about how Elizabeth is going to respond to this news. And so... Um, I want to pause to mention that we have parents in the room or people who are blessed to be great-grandparents. It takes a lot of time, like a lot of decisions over the years, to be the kind of people that people trust to bring that kind of news. Like, I don't think Mary would have shown up if she didn't have a little bit of a reason to believe Elizabeth might be 
someone who would receive that. Now, it still takes trust. It still takes a risk. But Elizabeth is somebody who is already inviting a space for Mary to come and and share this kind of news. And so I hope that we live our lives in such a way that we can be a safe presence, a listening presence, that people can bring whatever news they have to us and they feel free to share that news. And so um, I'm, I'm curious of what kind of news you would imagine in your own life, of where you had that fear or trembling and you weren't sure how to share a bit of news, you weren't sure how people would respond or how they should respond to that news. I can't help but think about um, you know, last week when we, we announced that, that Beth is pregnant and that we're expecting, and uh, that's a very joyous occasion. And last, uh, when Beth was pregnant with Gwen, it was, you know, our first child. We were getting really excited, and we go to the doctor, and we didn't have exactly the same response that we would want from the lab technician. Uh, we thought she was further along than she was. And so the lab technician's doing the uh, ultrasound, and it doesn't look like the baby's developing. It's not where they're expecting it. And so the lab technician looks at it and is explaining that uh, you should see this, you should see that, we don't see it. And she wasn't kind of like, well, maybe we just don't know the timing. She was just kind of like, the baby's not developing. Which to a parent is incredibly scary because you're thinking you're about to lose uh, a child. And so you're going through all that mix of emotions. And so we immediately called the doctor and the doctor said, you know, it's okay. It could just be a different timing. I know you're going to be scared. I know you're going to be worried. um, But just come back in a week. We'll do the test again. We'll see where you're at. But I know you could be scared, but it's going to be okay. Um, just wait a week. And so we, uh, we go and we schedule the next appointment, and we see that lab technician, and she sees us, and she goes, oh, you're going to come back. Which was not what we wanted to hear. And so we were, you know, frustrated and scared and sad that we might have lost the baby. And so we decided that, well, we want to tell family, even though we don't know if it's going to make it, but like, if we're going to grieve, we'd like them to know that we're going to grieve with them. And so uh, we make the announcement that for, for Beth's parents and for my mom, you're going to have your very first grandchild, but we think we might have lost it. And so we don't know how people are going to respond to it. Um, and that's a tough situation for people to respond to. And so, but you could still see the joy and the anticipation in their eyes. And we were Skyping and on video chat. Um, but they were able to be happy for us and yet say, whatever happens, happens, we'll be there for you. And we're much more calming than the original technician. But maybe you have your own story of, of when you're going through something tough, when you're going through something joyous. Um, but you just qu- don't quite know how someone's going to respond. And so Mary goes in haste because she wants to get a response. She wants to find something. And I love that the story has something very small, you might not notice, but a very, very important. It says, And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, for context, Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, There was just a story about how he had become mute. He couldn't talk because uh, until their baby was born in the story, he can't speak. 
But here's Elizabeth filled with the Holy Spirit, and she's about to speak words of life, uh, words filled with the Holy Spirit. And so, too many women have heard bad stories that they aren't uh, able to speak, that they aren't able to uh, speak with the voice of the Holy Spirit. Um, and here's a wonderful text in which the Holy Spirit fills Elizabeth and uh, kind of anoints her words to Mary. And I think there's something poetic in the idea that at the end of the gospel, we have the women proclaiming a risen Christ. And at the beginning, we have these women proclaiming the Lord to come. And so here's Elizabeth filled with the Spirit as we think about her response. Listen to how much encouragement and how much joy is in Elizabeth's announcement. Luke 1, 42-45 says, Elizabeth exclaimed with a loud cry. I probably won't do it justice to the volume, right? Uh, she's exclaiming. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that, that the mother of the Lord has come to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who, re- who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And I love that Elizabeth recognizes that Mary is blessed, because that's not obvious to everybody in this situation. Here's the woman who's uh, pregnant and out of, out of marriage situation in that culture in which that would have been very, very uh, uh, negatively received. And yet, she's being proclaimed as blessed. And that's a blessed faith stance that believes in something beyond, something more than what's going on. Maybe you've encountered someone who was a little bit scary Um, who was afraid about their situation, um, who didn't know how to share that they had new life coming, um, and who who needed encouragement, who needed support. Can you imagine being the Elizabeth in the room to be able to exclaim and be celebrate and to say, what wonderful fruit uh, is coming about in your womb? What wonderful life that God will bless is coming forth? But I appreciate that Elizabeth doesn't just call Mary blessed. She considers herself blessed. Not only is she saying, uh, you are blessed, God is at work in you, but how wonderful that you would come to me. And I get to be a part of this. And I get to celebrate this with you. And so she's she's celebrating the whole situation. It's not just um, Mary's joy, but it's now her own joy as well. And so... In that, she feels a sense of connection because she's also pregnant. And so she says, like, she feels like she can connect on this. She says, you know, I'm celebrating your joy of the pregnancy that you're having. And I'm saying, like, even in my own womb, it leaped for joy with you. Now, I want to give you a word of caution. Uh, When somebody spiritualizes a situation like this, we could be Debbie Downer and say, well, scientifically, the baby's not actually jumping for joy in your womb. You know, babies have movements. There's a coincidence of time. Uh, you shouldn't give motivations and intentions to what's going on in, the, in your uh, womb. Uh, it's not the time for that. She finds joy and meaning in life and feeling like this, fluttering, 
was the fluttering of joy in this situation. It's a little bit like if someone um, is grieving the loss of a loved one, that's not the time for a um, theology lesson or a science lesson. It's a time to just listen and celebrate with and grieve with. So we shouldn't, we shouldn't give a skeptical Debbie Downer kind of mentality onto Elizabeth of, oh, I don't know if that really happened. Um, but she feels that joy even inside of herself, even in new life, even others are leaping for joy in her. And so we get to choose whether we want to be an Elizabeth or we want to be a killjoy, a Debbie Downer, someone who spoils the pleasure of others. It's that kind of season where maybe some of you have watched the Grinch movie lately or read the book or um, however you enjoy your Grinch story. And one of the things that I love in that story is the Grinch wants to steal the joy and the love and the celebration of Christmas. He goes and he steals all the presents and all of the things and all the possessions and he thinks he's won. He's stolen the joy. But what changes the Grinch is hearing the songs of Christmas. There's still joyous singing. And he's just baffled by that. He thought he had stolen the joy, and yet the joy was still there. And so he says, Christmas doesn't come from a store. Christmas means something a little bit more. And after hearing the joy still present, his heart grows three times. And it's painful at first as he realizes he feels for the first time in a long time. And he suddenly feels joy and wants to then share that joy to go fix the things that he had broken, to go give and to, uh, to overflow with that joy to others. And so he runs hastily back to the village. And so I, I hope that we can see a little bit of that in Mary. Um, as well, and in Elizabeth, of wanting to share the joy, that when you have an experience, you don't just hold it in for yourself, but you need to go celebrate it, you need to go to others. And hear how Mary's heart was enlarged in the story. Because, again, we don't know why she ran to Elizabeth exactly, but she probably needed something in that moment. And the words of the Holy Spirit through Elizabeth seemed to enlarge her heart. And hear the song of Mary... My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and his name is holy. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he has made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. So Elizabeth's joyful vision, her way of seeing Mary's situation, her way of sharing and celebrating it, opens up the space for Mary's heart to be enlarged, to live out that joy, to celebrate it, to share it, 
I hope that we all can find our own Elizabeths, those people that we feel comfortable with, that we feel safe to share with, where we can come celebrate together, where we can come grieve together. But I also hope that we might all become Elizabeths, looking for where joy is at, looking in the midst of a situation and calling out where there's blessing, where there is hope, where there is joy in life. Not only do we see it and notice it, but we celebrate it, we rejoice, and we allow others the space to celebrate it as well. So we still have a little bit of time left before Christmas. And so we all have the opportunity to look for places of joy. And a little bit how like Grinch realized, well, you can't really buy it Christmas in the store, but maybe you want to give a little bit of joy and it includes giving something of, of possession-wise. But maybe it's just when you're around with family or friends or whoever you celebrate with, maybe you could spend a little bit of time just calling out what, things you want to celebrate in those people's lives, things that you're celebrating that, I, you know, I can't believe you did that this year. That, that was wonderful. You know, I can't believe that, um, you know, you had that reaction to this situation. That was so tough. That was so hard. But you just were so uh, resilient. We're so strong. We're so courageous. How can we help celebrate the blessings and the joys of this year um, and not spend as much time stressed and worried about uh, all of the, the holiday shopping and all of the other kinds of things of the season, uh, but spend a little bit of time looking for joy and calling it out. And so, um, with that, would you join me in prayer as one's looking for joy? Lord, you have blessed us so much. You are always uh, gracious, you're always merciful, you're always forgiving and loving. Lord, I just ask that you would help us to be mindful of that in this season, to be mindful of your, uh, the birth of Christ and the message of hope and life that is the reality and the truth of this season. Lord, I ask that you would just help us to celebrate that our music and our singing might bring joy and might bring Christmas uh, reality for, for those who are having a hard time and those who are grieving or struggling. Lord, just calm those nerves that are, that are stressful for people right now. And for whoever is excited, just even um, give them an extra ounce of strength and courage uh, to speak out that joy and celebrate it with others. It's in your name that I pray. Amen.